Yes, indeed, there is a war for our souls, absolutely. And the problem is, Lord God, most people do not recognize it as a spiritual war. So we pray today and for this new year that you would open the eyes of the people to see things in the context of that war for their souls, that war for their minds, that battle over truth and lies. And I thank you, Lord God, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that's sensitive to your word, And for those whose hearts have become hardened, I pray that they'd become soft, that they let go of the legalistic, religious mixing and mingling of truth and error, and let go of the false gospels, the counterfeit gospels, and let walk in the new place of the grace and good news of Jesus Christ as he brought it to us. I thank you, Lord God, there are many people still in the valley of decision, and I thank you, Lord God, that you are this year bringing them into the place of uh, commitment and uh, with conclusive evidence of your truth, your uh, validity, your power, and your the promises and the, and the truth of your word, Father, for salvation. And I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us many years ago that we might know, even to this very day, the power of that message, the power of your love, the power of freedom, the power of truth. I thank you, Lord, now for softening our hearts uh, and allowing us to be deprogrammed for the from the wicked Uh, constant input of Satan into our minds, our hearts, our souls, our lives, the air we breathe, the words we hear, the circumstances that surround us, that you deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation. I thank you for giving us power over all the power of the enemy, and we have no power over the enemy if we don't even acknowledge that he exists. So cause us now, Lord God, to see these things by the power of your Holy Spirit and to discern them rightly, rightly dividing your holy word of truth. I thank you for the promise of divine protection, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that those things that are aimed against us, targeting us, our children, those who work for us, pray for us, love us, the circumstances to which we find ourselves, the people around us, those who are helpless, those who have no one to pray for them. We pray for all of us today, Father, that you'd intervene in our lives and deliver us from evil. I thank you now for giving us wisdom and counsel and encouragement, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, you you said something last week at the end of the show that actually I think is going to be the beginning of this show. Um, Do you remember what you said? Well, I said something about uh, that a lot of people don't want to believe that they have demons. Well, and and then you said dealing with other people's demons expose our own. Right. And so, yeah, so we... There's, there's two sides to this. Well, there's many sides. It's a fast, multifaceted work of darkness to create an illusion, a narrative, that we're living in this la-la land where there's no problems and, and or that there's nothing we can do about the problems or that there's no evil intelligence or force behind these problems uh, that which we, by which we must be aware or be aware of. And so all of these are deceptions but the word of God is true and faithful, and it's it's very clear that many people need to come into a new understanding, a paradigm of demonic activity in their worlds, in their lives, and, and people, 
you know, they want it in the church, Jerry. Have we really talked much about demons? No. What do we talk about? Well, we talk about you know prosperity. You talk about five steps to do this and that, yeah. and, uh, and how to and, do 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 and know, and, and accomplish to, and right yeah. right and 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 all that. But kind we of. don't, and we talk about sin a lot, don't we? Well, some places. Yeah, in some, some places, places they just say you we've know, evolved beyond sin. Now yeah, we're not sinful right. anymore. We're just. We're going to ascend into a new uh, global consciousness of somewhere, something mm-hmm. that would cause us to all become just wonderful. Uh, but sin, you know, I mean, for those who still hang on to that concept, which it is a concept that's real, don't get me wrong. Uh, but we don't go deeper than that and say, well, this sin, we say, well, you did it. It's your choice. It was your, you know, y- you know you've got to make a better choice or change or whatever you've got to do. Go so ahead. people are behaving badly. But what is the force behind that? Mm-hmm. Is it just because we're bad? We know from Scripture that we're created in the likeness and image of God, mm-hmm. but there is a body of death, as we call it, as Romans uh, 7 refers to it. It's that that sin, that there's a sin principle that dwells within us. Mm-hmm. And that sin principle that dwells within us is is a open door provides open doors for Satan to come in through his demons' powers, yeah. through his demons. The demon, these disembodied spirits that have uh, intelligence, personalities, and appetites. And those an agenda. Come in, <laughs> an agenda yeah. to steal, kill, and destroy mm-hmm. us. Sub- subtly. However they can do it. If yeah. it's just smack your dead or it can, they can just wreck our minds, our mm-hmm. bodies Siphon over, it over off. time. Mm-hmm. So I want to just read this from Galatians chapter 5. Okay. And this kind of sets the mood. We wonder why uh, we, we were talking last time about um, living with other people's demons. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we have our own. And some yeah. people think of their demons as just, a, you know, a bad personality or character I didn't, flaw, didn't defect. Ha- you know, I'm bad, German or I'm habit. whatever, yeah. or I got up an on excuse. the wrong side of the bed yeah, this morning. Stuff like that. Um, but here, here, here it is. Galatians five nineteen. Now the works of the flesh. In other words, this is what the flesh produces. the The, the flesh is your your soul and body, your mind, will, and emotions in connection. With your physical body, mm-hmm. so it's in a sense your your mind, will, Operating your soul, system. and your body connected together. Without Christ, here's what's gonna what's gonna be produced: adultery, fornication. This is you know all kinds of sexual sin, uncleanness, licentiousness, uh, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, false teachings, arguments, mm-hmm. you know, exalting yourself above others, uh, envy, jealousy, it would be murders. You know, if you even hate your brother in your heart, Jesus said you're a murderer. Mm-hmm. And we've got plenty of murder going on in all different ways and all different realms, not just in the inner cities, but all across the country. Drunkenness. Revelries, parties, wild, evil parties, and the like, stuff like that, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, 
that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So this is this is what's going on in the lives of most everybody yeah. in one form or, uh, or, another. or another or to one degree or another. So and pro- this is something that, you know, uh, we we live with. Yeah. We 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 live with. with it becomes familiar to us. It becomes used familiar, to it. familiar to us. This is what's going on this in is, families. Is this is, is what's going on in marriages. Mm-hmm. This is what's going on in in. Um, and everywhere. All through life. Our, our nation and through the nations of the world. And we get used to it, um, and we just assume that it is what it is, and this is what it is, whatever it is, and we don't recognize that it's a personal attack against our souls. Uh, when you're immersed in all this mud and all this filth and all these lies. But so in Proverbs chapter 2, uh, right away in the beginning, Psalm Sol- is talking with wisdom uh, to, cur- to make us aware of these things. In verse 10, 210, he says, When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you. So you need wisdom that is from above. You need knowledge and understanding, discretion, discernment, uh, to, to discern, to sort out what's really going on. And then verse 12, he says, to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of of the wicked, whose ways are crooked, who are devious in their paths, to deliver you from the immoral woman and all the other treacheries that go with that. So, he says to deliver us from the way of evil, from the men who speak perverse things. So what's really he's saying is we are being influenced by other people's demons. And this is many times, this is the first way that people get led astray is by the influences of what they watch, who they follow, what they listen to, what they permit. They're enticed to believe, you know, going with bad friends, uh, being surrounded by going to places where people are doing these kinds of things, and then you get swallowed up and do it yourself. So you're being really, in a way, whether you realize it or not, you're being tempted to believe, accept, endorse, agree with what they have already concluded, that they can drink, that they can carouse, that they can uh, be unrighteous, that they can lie, that they can steal. And so the innocent are being pulled like with a magnet Mm-hmm. Um, to come into these places. And so you are being actually influenced by other people's demons. And and so, but we don't think of it like that. We don't even think of it as a temptation most of the time. We just think of it as nothing. You know, I just went with my friends and we had a party and we did this and we played video games and we had a few drinks. We don't think of it as a demonic a pl- plot to take out our souls. And so in Proverbs, he's saying, uh, again, you know, those who speak uh, perverse things. So the demons that are in other people, their choices that have brought them and their generational iniquities and all the stuff that's resident in their lives and their souls, the forces, the strongholds, the demonic appetites that are running them, controlling them, begin to spill over into um, influencing us. And I think the real reason, part of the reason is we don't want to be um, abandoned. We don't want to be alone. We want to be included. We don't want to feel rejected. We don't want to be, feel stupid because everybody else is doing it. And pretty much you're right. Everybody mostly is following the path of evil because why? 
It's the course of least resistance. And of course, if you don't have any reason not to follow it, why wouldn't you follow it? And the only reason for not following it is to know the truth about eternal life. And, um, and so people, again, we're not even identifying the danger that we're in because we don't even see other people's demons as anything of a threat to us. Um, and, and again, and I'm just going to call to mind in Luke chapter 8, where Jesus was casting the demons out of the man with the legion, and the demons went out of the man and entered into the swine. Um, and then it says, uh, the people <clears throat> who saw this we became greatly afraid. Um, when they went out to see what happened and they found the man sitting, they, sitting his right mind clothed at the feet of Jesus, they were afraid. And th- so they, they beckoned him, beseeched him to leave, uh, not to rejoice in what had happened. They, for they were seized with great fear in verse 37. So the people, this was really shaking their, their paradigm of what, what life is and what it's supposed to be. And there wasn't supposed to be any of this insidious, silent, subtle invasion of the soul, the mind of this man. They just didn't want to deal with that. And we have many, much of that today. And what we do is we lock them up, medicate them, over-medicate them, uh, label them, whatever they are. And then we just relegate them to, oh, well, they're just mentally ill. Actually, what they are is they're demonically tormented. And that's another facet of this. Sometimes like I'm going back in the, in the bars, we don't call them mentally ill. We don't even see them as demonically influenced or that their demons are influencing us. In the, in the halls of, in the streets of the, of the, of the cities, we see them, uh, you know, as mentally ill. We have labels for these things or we don't recognize them as any kind of demonic invasion of our lives. Right, and we see it too, I mean, in the, the, the political realm as well. I mean, that uh, this world system it's the system, uh, yeah. It, it's a system, and it says uh, in First um, John, uh, not, we'll go to First John in a moment, but in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 23, it says, well, verse 21, the faithful's, how the faithful city has become a harlot. It was full of justice, righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. Mm-hmm. So the, a, a city of people where there was justice, now there's harlotry, Perversion. Sexual and spiritual mm-hmm. immorality Just, and righteousness was there, but now mm-hmm. it, it murderers. What what do we have in our our cities today? Well, perversion erodes the the innocent, holy character of that we're made in that innocent image of God, and so perversion is what twists and corrupts that. Right, and it's a, he says in Isaiah one twenty three, your princes that means your rulers, your political leaders. Uh, are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loves bribes mm-hmm. and follows after rewards. They do not defend mm-hmm. the fatherless, nor does the cause of the widow come before them. So, uh, And then in, in Proverbs again, to add to that, uh, chapter 22, verse 24, it says, Make no fe- friendship or fellowship friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. So we see that there are people who are befriending uh, wicked people, and these are angry people, and they're being pulled in, sucked in, implicated in the choices and the decisions of those people that they consider to be worthy to follow. And then in Proverbs seventeen twenty four, it says, "An evil doer gives heed to false lips." So when, uh, and a liar listens eagerly to a spiteful tongue. So liars listen to liars. liars. 
liars, evil people who are speaking lies that you said through all kinds of narratives and communication and systems. This, this ungodly world system is truly not from God. And you have to recognize we are living in a snake pit all the time. It doesn't go away. And so the, the evildoers who listen to the liars, they become hardened by the lies. It's like this. It's like you have the child who's born soft and innocent and, and malleable and uh, learn. they want to learn things. And so it's like clay. It's soft clay. It's you can work with it. You can shape it. You can form it. You can make it into a vessel. You can use it to make something of honor or something useful. But that clay, as it is exposed to all of this wickedness and the lying and the perversions and the deception becomes harder and harder. And pretty soon you get from, think about it, you get from soft clay, potter's clay, clay that can be molded into a, a lump of something that's like a stone. It's, it's rock hard it cannot be shaped. That's what happens to our hearts. They become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And, and we listen to the liars and we don't back up and we don't know. Here's the interesting thing with the potter. When he has this nice soft clay, it's easy to work with your child. You can bring them up in the fear of the Lord and it's all good. But if you get to that place where you're semi-hardened, what does the, the potter has got to beat that clay? He has to break it down, beat it down, soften it up. And the way he does that is through force. And that's what I think a lot of people have to go through is the hardship of being uh, re reworked, re-softened so that you can receive like the Apostle Paul. He thought he had it all right, all going on. He was in the right, you know, uh, tribe. He had the right credentials and pedigrees. And he was, you know, zealous for the law, dotting every I, crossing every T. And, you know, he was just going great guns until he had to fall down, lose his sight, be confronted by Jesus. That was where he was pounded, you know, brought back to a place of, of flexibility, usability, uh, you know, um, willingness. And so that's kind of what happens sometimes when people get hardened. Otherwise, you get to the place, and that's where many people are now, where it's deceitfulness of sin uh, and the strong delusion, uh, the vile passions have made them into a place where they're on there that you can't pull them back at some place at some point that that clay gets too hard and it doesn't receive instruction anymore and that's where that's why some of the people who are out there that are crazy you know you know energized for the wrong things you know they're they're insane they're deranged they don't know it they're but but see that in in the world and in in the church it has to be that these people there is a point where only God can bring you back. Mm -hmm. Only God can bring you back from the hardness and from the, the works of Satan. And he can, and God does, and he does it often, like he did with Paul. But there comes, well, you, however, like the man with the 2,000 demons, okay, how much further gone can you be? Yeah. And, and, and yet the guy was brought back. Right, right. God's able to bring people back. There, there comes a point, though, and we don't know where that is, when some people, they're just too far gone. They're so deluded. <clears throat> mm -hmm. They're so hardened that they're just basically unredeemable. But it, it gets to that point, but we don't know where that is. We, some of the people that we think, think are the most unredeemable become redeemed. Mm -hmm. So uh, so we're, we're at this place, I mean, this this snake pit. Let's look at this for just a, just a bit. In Isaiah 59, I just want to read through this and... Um, 
therefore justice is far from us. Isaiah fifty nine nine. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there is darkness for brightness. But we walk in blackness. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as at twilight. We are as dead men in desolate places. We all growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We look for justice, but there is none. Mm-hmm. For salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions, where we've crossed the line, right, are multiplied before you, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. As for our iniquities, we know them in transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off, for truth has fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Makes himself a prey. That's exactly right, because what happens is when you and I start to deal with other people's demons, whether they're inside of them or around them, whether we're calling things out, bringing them into the light, we become a prey. Paul says, do I become your enemy now that I tell you the truth? So dealing with other people's demons actually is as dangerous in some ways, or maybe more so, than dealing with the demons that are in you. Because what happens is you are attacking a spiritual force, not just the person, and the person is rallied against you being in, in, in bound together with this demonic force that right. they believe is going to defend them, protect them, and keep them safe. So people are making alliances with internal spirits, protector demons, false benefactors, strong men, that they, that they believe are themselves. They don't see it as a demon. They don't see it as an alliance with anything. They think it's me. And so they're, they're deceived by believing that they're, they're taking care of themselves. And so they get defensive. They get offended. They, they begin to fight with you through spirits of witchcraft and intrigue and false accusation to set you up to, to kill you so that they can be preserved. So it is really when you're dealing with other people's demons, you're dealing with their sin. But we don't realize, number one, just to clarify, when you're dealing personally with, an, with, with the world and a person who's sitting next to you, leading you, talking to you, advising you, influencing you, influencing you, you may be dealing with their demons that are trying to attack yes. you, tempt you, deceive mm-hmm. you, get you to sin. That's what we talked about in Proverbs. On the second hand, you may be clearly understanding what Jerry just read about in Isaiah, how this world system is corrupt, but then you're going to try to help them and you become a prey to helping those people who want to keep their demons. So when you start to deal with their demons, knowing who you are in Christ, knowing who God is, then you become endangered because most people, again, don't, number one, want to admit they have a demon. Number two, they like what the demon is doing for them and so they don't want to give it up. And three, they don't know who they would be without their demon. Prime example, of course, is Jesus Christ. He cast out many demons, many different kinds of demons, Mm -hmm. and he spoke the truth. And look at the response. For the most part, for the most part, people did not embrace him. They rejected him. They rallied against him. Actually, the people embraced him, but the religious elite establishment rejected him completely. I right. I yeah. think the well, people had of, nothing to lose, but yeah. the religious people had everything to lose. Right. Yeah. Well, he was despised and rejected by men, but the, he came. He he was opposed mostly, as we as we realize, by the religious elite. Right. You by know. the by well, the, why was by that? The, could say the church why? of the day. Why? Why was he most opposed by the religious church of the day? Why? 
because they believe what? What do they believe? They believe they were right. They believe they don't have any demons. They believe they're right, absolutely. They believe that they were already sanctified by the law and by keeping the law down to the dot and the tittle of it all. The people that felt they were the most righteous. Were the most wrong. Were, (laughs) Jesus said, you're of your father, the The devil. devil. And the people who didn't think they were righteous at all flocked to him to hear the good news. Mm -hmm. And so here it is, the people who don't want to change they don't want to think they have a demon and and you're you're being um you're attacking them you're accusing them uh, when you call attention to their demon because here's the problem when you try to uh deal with other people's demons the demon has bound himself into them into their mind into their thoughts into, into their, their actions into their into their personality into their way of living into their their values and so when you, it's just like any other thing out there that's a total grievous sin as def, uh, defined and identified in the word of God, that grievous sin, when you practice that grievous sin, you know, back in the day, uh, adulterers were ashamed. They had red letters. They were, they were hidden. They, were, they did their stuff in the dark. They didn't come out and promote the fact to the public, I'm an adulteress and here I am. When they brought the woman to Jesus, it was all about her shame. I mean, they, you know, it wasn't, she wasn't proud of it and nobody was proud to have, to know, have a, an adulteress as a best friend. But nowadays, those kinds of things, adultery, perversions, gender identity, homosexuality, liberal, all of these things are promoted as freedom, freedom of truth, freedom of of whatever, just freedom. And so the person is identifying themselves with their behavior. They are seeing themselves as what they're seeing, feeling, thinking, and doing. Therefore, they're welded together. So when you, so you, if you want to address the behavior, which is demonic, and try to separate from the being, which was, which came from God, you have a hard time because they do not see the difference in themselves. They feel threatened. Because they believe that they are what they do. And so when you mm-hmm. come down against their behavior, they take it personally. You're being, uh, you're offending them. You're judging them. You're not loving them. But absolutely the most loving thing to do. Now, would Jesus have said to the guy with the 2,000 demons, well, you know what? That's who you are right now. You, that's who you've been. You, you, you've been cutting yourself with stones. You've been you know, captive and held out in a, a chains and blah, blah, blah. And that's who you are. So I don't want to mess with that. Because, but the man himself at this point was so incredibly painfully miserable that he had no life. And Jesus had compassion. And the man who was still a little bit left of him inside of there says, oh, have, Lord, have mercy upon him. He fell down, worshiped him. And at that point, he gave permission to Jesus with that act of letting Jesus take his sword out and separate the man from the demons who were beha- behaving through him. They were causing his behavior. So what would we do now, uh, people like that? We want to put him into a program. Or, well, that does or, not. Or, or, or Satan does med- not care how many him, programs, how much, how many pills, how much money, how much, and that, so we can feel good about helping them when we're not helping them at all. It's actually masking. Dece- deceitful, and and divination is causing us to think we're doing something to help them. It's actually making them worse because now their body is toxic and they d- can't think for themselves, mm-hmm. and their brain chemistry is all screwed up. And so now, who's going to deliver them? So that's why the Lord said to us. You come alongside, you cast out a demon. You cast the demon out, you know, almost before you even preach the gospel. or you, you, Before you can fill something up, you have to empty. You cannot 
you know, have a cup full of muddy water and pour clean water. You want to kind of empty the cup out, wash the cup, and mm-hmm. then pour in the clean water. And mm-hmm. so he has to mm-hmm. separate the, the dirty behavior, the filthy, that's corrupting and filling the rooms of that person's mind and soul. So their mind, their heart is filled with, and I tell you what, people, I tell you, I'm shocked because Jerry and I don't watch a lot of what people just just commonly watch, uh, the commercials, the TV shows, the, the, the everyday music. I mean, we, we don't, and we don't in, entertain ourselves with it we don't immerse ourselves in it we don't we don't usually go after at, at all in any way but when it kind of it splashes on us as we're going here and there it's like shocking it's like acid to my skin to to see what other people ingest on an everyday basis mm-hmm. and it becomes you become so uh what's the word desensitized mm-hmm. so you're you know you're so that you can't see anymore what's happening to you and this is why when we're dealing with other people's demons they can become very offended and very defensive because they as they see that behavior again as who they are so here there's two different aspects of this you can be living with other people's demons Mm -hmm. for example we we used the example last uh, broadcast of saul and david Mm mm-hmm you know, Saul started out great. He ended up terrible, ended up committing suicide. He had a spirit, a distressing spirit, an evil spirit that was troubling him. So he was hunting David, chasing him around, trying to kill him. So David, you know, he, he was he didn't say, well, you know, I'm going to get these demons out of Saul. He just wanted to elude Saul. He honored Saul mm-hmm. because he was... He tried a, to anointed king mm-hmm. by the Lord. He honored him. He, he, um, ran from him. He ran, hid, he fled. So he, sometimes, yeah. sometimes, you know, it depends on your position with your the person. position. You might have to just leave your job, avoid them. <laughs> you might have to get sometimes, them. you know, you can, you just kind of live with them and pray yeah. that somehow that they can be set free. Or there's a time where you people you are at leave. a place yeah where you recognize there's a demon spirit operating in them yeah. and we can cast them out. Or the we have to Jesus. leave. Maybe we don't have the authority at that point to cast them out because it's not. Right. We have to recognize the authority that we have in the place where we're going to do the business that we're going to do and they have the authority to do it. So if you're in a, in a position where you're in an, uh, an under position, you have someone over you like Saul and David, David's real only option at one point was to leave trust the Lord and, and leave, leave. <laughs> flee. And so, you know, and let God so sometimes, bring him back into his But fear says if place. I don't if I don't keep this job what's going to happen to me? Well, I would rather trust my life to the Lord and his preserva- preservation of me and pr- provision for me than to stay in an abusive situation. So I would say for some people in dealing with another person's demons, you're just going to have to pack your bags and leave and, you know, your permission is from the Lord and God is delivering us out of the grip of the terrible one. Uh, there are other times where you're called to confront that person's demons and that might be in the capacity of someone who's following Jesus and you're you're there to cast out a demon and they're okay with it. Sometimes people are okay with it uh, and if they're okay with it and they cooperate with you, then you can cast it out. Otherwise, you can really only bind those demons so that they don't have influence and effect over you and that bind what they're doing in the other person. So with with the demonic spirits, you have to know your, number one, first of all, you must know who you are, that you are, you, and you must not cr- uh, confuse your 
being with your behavior because sometimes our behavior too we are tempted we are tested both god and satan are working in the same place at the same time to do the opposite thing and our hearts are being tested uh and examined uh to for god's purpose is to allow our hearts and minds our souls to be sanctified to come under the position of the cross it's like house cleaning it's you're going to sanctify the house do the spring house cleaning deep cleaning you're going to get the junk out. You're going to clean it and purge it because it's going to make you feel better too. But at the same time that we're cleaning the house, Satan is the one who put all that junk there and he's not wanting to leave and he's not wanting to let go of the clutter. So you're going to have a battle internally in your own life through this process of we call sanctification. But so remember <clears throat> when we think God is testing us, God is allowing Satan uh, to have his opportunities and God is taking his. They're both in the same place at the same time, battling it out. And God wants to, and you and I decide who's going to win by who we cooperate with. Yeah, it says in Ephesians four twenty seven, mm-hmm. nor give place to the devil. In yep. other words, don't allow Satan working through his de- demons. In you or around you. In or you or mm-hmm. around you. So, this is our part here, no? Because if we uh, allow, how do you uh, give place sin, to the devil? If we, uh, if we allow sin, that God has spoke to us about it, and we refuse mm-hmm. to to repent, to turn from it, to to receive forgiveness, we're giving a landing strip to demons. Well, if you're refusing and to, can, for... and he can build up strongholds in right. our lives. So we're sin basically gives opportunity to the devil. To the devil. But at the same time, if say you recognize that sin inside of you and you want to get rid of it right and you've tried if you if you don't want to get rid of it first of all that's another demon that's a demon of rebellion or a demon that's gripping you in the place of your will where you don't want to even consider it a sin or get rid of it on uh, the second one would be where you're wanting to get rid of it and the demon doesn't want to go and then we go to where paul says in romans seven twenty, if i'm doing what i don't want to do it's not me doing it. It is the sin that dwells in me. And then he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Who will deliver me from this tumor, this cancer, this this operating system, this body of death software? Who will set me free from that? And so I believe that there's a lot of, um, there's there's different assets or facets to this, aspects or facets to this war. And we have to recognize just where we're at in the process, but give no place to the devil. That means don't, don't cater to the carnal appetites of the flesh, the lust of the, the flesh, the lust of the eye, or the pride of life, because these are all of the world, and they bring us to death. Yeah, and and of the world, you're talking about First John, I think two fifteen through seventeen. Love not the world, mm-hmm. nor the things that are in the world, because all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. They're not of the Father, but they're of the world. And mm-hmm. so when we're talking about the world... And they're run by seducing spirits who the world, use this, fear. This world system, this present world system... Operates out of fear. Uh, out of, operates under satanic principles. There's mm-hmm. greed, there's violence, all the things but that we read about earlier. it all boils down to fear. This is the snake pit. This, this present evil age where people have given themselves over to... Fear, uh, to be safe. To, yeah, and try even even people who... You know, are outwardly religious, but or yet, look good, that nice. There's violence, look like nice there's people. Force, there's manipulation. There's, there's fear. greed, all this f- fear that's here, 
Uh, and that that's this world. He says, don't love it. And there's mm-hmm. pleasures there, mm-hmm. but the pleasures of the world are, are only for a season. But it says the perfect love of God casts out fear. So when you don't know the love of God, then you're going to be very susceptible to the fears and the plans of the world. But when you love God, then you know you don't need to have the things that love the things of the world because you have the love of God and that is better than any of that. And he'll make sure you have what you need. Yeah, so this is courageous to be courageous to do this. So recognize sometimes you're being tempted by other people's demons to be misled by them in an alluring spirit. Sometimes the demons are within you. Sometimes you're actually trying to help people who have demons and you can come into problems with dealing with their demons. Make sure that they understand or you know for sure what's going on in that spiritual battle and that you are clear in what your authority is to do there. Because God said, Jesus cast out demons. So that is a part of our authority. But there's a time for everything. There's a time to walk away. There's a time to say no. There's a try a time to flee uh, youth, youthful lust. There's a time mm-hmm. to... Um, to walk in the counsel of the Holy Spirit and be bold. There's a time to stand in having done all to stand. So, Father, we thank you that in this year you will show us what time it is and that no one, no one, no one needs to be lost because of the lies of the enemy because you've come to bring the truth. So I pray that even now, as the clay is hardening into lumps of rocks and stony hearts, that you will break through and set people free, that they will know who they are in you and that the divine authority and power of the Holy Spirit will come to set us free from our captors, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, uh, just real quick, your website, liferecovery.com. <laughs> and uh, today we're featuring um, uh, taking the devil to court and understanding the kind of the principles behind um, the spiritual warfare that goes on. Also, two more things we got for you now. We're doing a Skype Bible study on Romans every Thursday night from 6.30 to 7.30. Central Standard Time. Yep. And then uh, we're also doing, uh, of course, this radio show. And we'd encourage you to help other people know about this. Please send them a link or something. And by the way, with the Skype uh, Bible study, you can get the link off the website. Just click the link. You don't even have to have the Skype uh, on your on your computer to join us and to hear. There are also audio versions of that. Uh, and if you're afraid you're going to be seen, we take we remove the video from the audio. So in these, um, when you can pick it up later and listen to it, you're going to only going to hear the the audio version. So and if you have any comments or questions about you know Rescue Radio our program here, you can write to uh, liferecovery.com and. Uh, well, be you, good you, to hear you, from you. Yeah, it'd be info at liferecovery.com. Info at liferecovery.com. All right, God bless you guys and have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you next week. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.